It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raising Golfers Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Hauser, golf professional here in Carlsbad, California, and just finished up seven weeks of sold-out summer camps. It was a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, and um, I think it was a lot of things to be learned from my perspective as a coach and even a parent, just kind of reflecting back on the summer. And, you know, I think there was just so many really cool things that happened and uh, I'm just excited for, you know, what the next year is going to bring with more group programming for all ages, including fall semester preschool classes starting at the golf course. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'd also like to thank everybody for the kind words over the last week after posting the one year anniversary episode for the Raising Golfers podcast. It was a lot of encouragement from just hearing from all of you all over the world and um, just appreciate you all tuning into the podcast. Now, something that I think we'll all be actively working on as adults is trying to figure out how children learn. And for us working with junior golfers, trying to figure out how they learn and the environments that we're providing for them. So, you know, one thing that I talked about with Neil Plummer back on episode 33 was that they are all at different ages and stages in their learning process. And we talked about his junior golf framework. Go back and check out the episode. There's a lot of really good things in there. And we're going to go a little bit more in depth into the learning process in this episode where we're going to talk about, you know, some interesting things. And I'll share a couple of of kind of fun stories with you as well. But essentially, there's four different types of learning. So there's unconscious incompetence, which is basically you have no idea what it is that you have to do or even how to do it. And that's kind of like when you start learning any new skill, whether it's golf or playing the guitar or playing the piano or any instrument or anything. Then you've got conscious incompetence, which is basically that you understand some of the concepts and ideas of what you have to do, but you're still unable to perform them. And then it goes into conscious competence where you start to actually see some real solid progression where you understand what you have to do. You also understand what the process is to the improvement. And then there's the unconscious competence, which is basically where you can almost automatically perform a task with really not even thinking about what it is that you are doing. And you could probably even, you know, look at maybe some good golfers that you know that maybe haven't touched their clubs in a few months, but they can still go out and hit the ball well or play good around a golf because they put in so much time and practice in the past that they are already at that stage of unconscious competence where they're able to perform at a high level. And don't get me wrong, you're still going to have to put in time and practice if you really want to get your game to continue to prove and take it to the next level. But those would be kind of the main four different uh, types of learning. And what's interesting, if you think about children, and I think we should think about children under the age of 10 specifically, is that a lot of times they go from unconscious incompetence, which is where they've actually just began learning this new skill and have no idea what it is or how to perform it, 
and then actually kind of skipping the two conscious stages in the middle and jumping to unconscious competence. And a lot of times you could ask them how they do it and they can't even really explain how they've done it. Now, you could think of this from a basic level of a baby learning how to walk. We've all done it where basically they've just been able to get up on their two feet through a lot of practice and figured out how to walk and they probably couldn't explain the process of how they did it. Now, in relation to that with junior golf, a lot of times we go out, watch my oldest son, he's only three, hit some golf balls and we'll be out there hitting and my wife's also also working on her golf game and a lot of times what she will do is she'll ask my son and say, how'd you do that? And all he can say is, is like this mom and he just swings and hits another one and obviously he hits it, hits in the air and she's wishing that she could hit the same type of shot that he is hitting, but he's essentially performing an unconscious competence of what he is doing to be able to hit the golf ball and hit it in the air. I think it's a great example of how he jumped from the first stage of learning to the fourth stage of learning without even really learning in the process in between, because I haven't taught him really any of those things or taught him really anything about the golf swing. It's just been learned through a lot of practice and some of these other things that I'm going to go into here shortly. So I think number one would be that for children of this age group, I think practice is kind of the number one recipe for getting them to go from that unconscious incompetent stage to the unconscious competent stage where they're doing it automatically. And I think the environment around that practice has to be very positive. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but let's go into how those aged junior golfers and children actually do learn. So a lot of their learning comes from observing. So if you think about what I preach here on the podcast a lot would be group programs. So observing other children performing what the different types of tasks or games or on course play and the shots that they're hitting, seeing that and then being able to replicate it. I think that's huge. I actually did see that in one of my preschool classes recently. We had this two-year-old come in and all he could do was these really cool full swing shots, but he had no idea what a putt was or how to swing like a putt or how to swing and hit chip shots. And by observing some of the other children in the class, by the end of the first class, he started kind of getting it. And then he came just on Saturday and he was all of a sudden able to kind of make a putt swing and understand that you don't have to hit only home runs and you can actually hit these softer hits. And all that came from observing other children in the class. Another way they learn, obvious one here, listening. So, you know, they're going to hear it from whether it's their coach, their parent, talking to them about different things or different tasks or different skills. Uh, they also might hear it from their peers as well in the class. Another one, a great one, which I think is important, is exploring. So it's kind of like trying out different things. And I think what's great about a lot of children, especially at that age group, is that they don't have much fear and they don't have much fear for making mistakes. And I think that's really essential for the learning process for them and for the to, for them to have a positive environment where they can explore, make those mistakes, and continue to practice around those, I think will really help with their learning. Uh, tied in with that too would be just experimenting. And very similar is, you know, whether it's trying different grips or trying different clubs or trying to hit different types of shots, I think that's huge for the learning process. You know, I learned how to hit a flop shot solely because I saw other kids hitting shots over this fence and I wanted to figure it out. And of course, I was nowhere near it the first probably week of trying, but I was experimenting with different things. And then I would actually just 
argue to say I was observing what they were doing and I'm sure they were probably giving me some tips to do it. And eventually I was able to get the ball over the fence and learn how to hit a flop shot. Funny thing is, is like when I started coaching golf, I remember like in my first year of coaching golf, I had a student come and ask me how to hit a flop shot and obviously I could do it, but I had never thought about actually how to coach somebody to hit that type of shot. But it it just kind of goes back to that learning process that I had that, you know, how I did it and the environment I was in of learning it, it wasn't necessarily so much about actually understand the process of uh, the technicalities of hitting the flop shot. It was just a lot of those other things, observing, listening, exploring, experimenting. Uh, another great way children are learning is by just asking a lot of questions. And I think the more we can encourage children to ask us questions, I think the better it will be for their progression. I was given a golf lesson to a junior golfer the other day, and I, I don't think I've ever had this, especially for a first golf lesson. And it wasn't just a first golf lesson between me and this junior golfer. It was their first golf lesson, and they had never played golf before. And one of the things that he asked me was, he said, what does it take to become a good golfer? And I could relate to what he was doing before, and the only sport he did before was skateboarding. And I said, well, just think of it this way. When you're skateboarding, you know, how long did it take you to learn how to do the kickflip? And he said, a long time. And I said, how many times did you try to do a kickflip and not land it? He said, many times. And so I said, were you making a lot of mistakes along the way until you learned how to do a kickflip? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, just if you can think about golf in that manner, I think that would be the best mindset to have to become a good golfer. And I think that resonated with him well. Now, that being said, that junior golfer was 14 years old. And I'm going to get into that age group here in just a second and why that's important in the learning process. But I thought that was a very, very interesting question that was asked. And I think the more questions that we can get junior golfers to ask us, especially in that age group under 10 years old, I think the better it will be for their learning. And then the last one, which I think is huge, you've heard me say this over and over on the podcast, is just having junior golfers be interested and engaged in the learning environment. And I think, you know, keeping it interesting, I, I think if children are in groups, there's lots of games, there's lots of tasks around whatever the curriculum is, it is that you're teaching. I think that is what's going to be best for junior golfers uh, to keep it in the game for the long haul and then also for their learning. So going back to that 14 year old that I talked about just a moment ago, I, I kind of thought deeply about this and I thought, you know, okay, so what age group do children start consciously thinking about their learning? And I would say probably between the ages of 11 and 14, they start to have an understanding of knowledge. And I think they also start having an understanding of what they know and then what they also need to learn. And from my experience, it doesn't seem like there's too many children under that age group who are in that same type of learning stage. And so that would also kind of tie in and make sense why you see a lot of young golfers or children go from that unconscious incompetence stage and jumping all the way to the unconscious competence stage just through practice and play. And I think it is just because, you know, at that age, they're not consciously trying to learn and develop specific skills on their own. And you don't see that until they get a little bit older. So all of those things 
And that being said, if you actually think about what it is that you want out of your child or out of the junior golfer that you're teaching, I think we have to start kind of thinking back to how do these children learn? Where are they at in their developmental stage and their age? And how does that match up with what it is that we are trying to teach them so that we can help them thrive and enjoy the sport for the long haul? So keep a lot of those things in mind. And again, I think the big thing for them to jump from stage one to stage four, which is very common for junior golfers, is that they are staying interested, engaged, and just loving the sport overall. Now, the last thing I would just like to talk about just in this short section of learning how they learn, and I'd like to have more conversations about this and also like to hear your feedback. But just to bring this up, and it's something that I think you already know, but it may not always be at the back of your mind, is that learn is not linear. And it's going to have its ups and downs. It may go slow, then fast, then slow. Uh, You might actually have some delayed learning where you might teach them something. You don't see anything come from it right away. Then a day later, two days, a week later, all of a sudden, what it was that they were learning just starts to begin to click. And even beyond that, it could take even longer than that, or you might give them some type of reference or analogy, and there could be a light bulb moment for a junior golfer, or even you as an adult who's trying to learn anything new, or whether it's the game of golf, that can completely change the learning and kind of spring them forward. Now, we don't know when that's going to happen, but just keep in mind that learning is not linear, and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs along the way. So... Um, What I would like you to do and I challenge you to do is go in and assess the different types of junior golfers that you're coaching. If you're a golf coach, based on their ages and kind of their uh, current learning or developmental stage, I would also encourage you to just be careful if you already have a really good player that's ages, you know, let's just say six to 10 years old doesn't necessarily mean that we still have to coach them and start teaching them in ways that are beyond their scope because it may not help, it may hinder, or actually make them not enjoy the sport as much. And as an adult, I think for you who has a child in the game of golf, I think you have to also kind of think about where it is your junior golfer is and start seeing if you can help them learn by doing some of those things that we talked about earlier on on this episode, whether it's observing, listening, exploring, experimenting, asking questions, or just being more interested and engaged. And if any of those things you feel are missing in their learning of the game, maybe see if you can start to add a little bit more of those into their practice sessions or find some type of junior golf program around you that offers things that allows them to thrive in that type of positive learning environment, I think will be huge. So thank you very much for listening in on this episode of the Raising Golfers podcast. If your junior golfer is not going through all four stages of learning, of all all different types of learning, it's okay because it's very common for those junior golfers, especially under the age of 11, that they aren't going to have so much conscious learning because that is not where they are developmentally in the learning process. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Get out and play some golf. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode and maybe some stories that you have or experiences you have had and kind of start a conversation around this because like I said, I would like to have more episodes on this learning process here on the podcast. 
The last thing I'm going to leave you with, if you haven't already, uh, and you'd like to get more information from this podcast, you can give Raising Golfers a like on Instagram and Facebook. And if you could kindly leave a review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, it'll help more people like you around the world find this podcast and get more great information coming from the guests that we have and the topics discussed on the episodes. Thanks so much, guys. Have a wonderful week and look forward to having you here back on the podcast.